Yes, sir. Vibe check, vibe check. Hey guys, welcome to Vibe Check, the home of comedy and entertainment. My name is Fareed, also known as Diddy the Great. I'm here with the one and only Adam, also known as Adam. And for today, we have a very special guest. He's an upcoming singer and designer. His name is Itare. Please introduce yourself, sir. What's up, guys? My name is Itare. Uh, I'm an upcoming artist and I make clothes on the side too. Uh, that's dope. Do you got any singles coming out soon? Um, at the moment, I'm working on releasing two Afrobeat songs. Um, I can't really say what time, but I can say um, for sure I'm going to be dropping like a uh, collection like clothing line by next So yeah, people can look out for that at galaxyjuice.com. You can, you know, you can drop it. Like, Damn, how old are you, by the way? That's old. Damn, you're 18. Damn, you're making me feel secure now. Yeah, this makes me feel very, like, (laughs) unproductive. But anyway. So, guys, in this episode, Itari is going to be asking us some controversial questions, as well as personal questions. We'll be answering them as best as we can. We're going to be saying a few jokes here and there. Remember, they're just jokes. So, please do not kill us. Alright guys, so first question Does racism or colorism Exist in Africa? What do you guys think about that? For me personally, I've experienced a lot of racism And colorism uh, Both outside and in Africa And I grew up in England From the age of 3 to like 13 years old And it was a pretty like tough time for me Because back when I was in England There wasn't that many black people Especially where I was Because I lived in Birmingham and at that time, I used to get like all racist comments like from the kids I used to go to school with. And yeah. I remember each and every single fucking insult these guys gave me. I remember they had to call me shit like Batman and they started even getting creative with their wow. fucking jokes, man. Bro, Damn. since like I was black and I was from that's, Africa, that's uh, my first language is English, but they all, they automatically believe that I couldn't speak English so they even put me into like a special ed class mm. and in that special ed class yeah man in that, in that special ed class there was there was me and a bunch of other yeah, guys who are not from so Europe weird, and it was pretty fucked up because you had like you had people in other classes who aren't special ed but these niggas were like they were like from Poland, they didn't know how to speak English. They're from Poland, they're from Austria. They didn't know English well, but they were never given the same treatment that they, that I got or anyone that looked like me got. And mm. I like honestly, man, like I thought that kind of like colorism or racism would end yeah. when I when I left you the UK. But when I came back home here in Africa um, I still got that sh- same shit which is so fucking mind blowing because I remember like I was still like a huge yeah, issue continue. because 
when I came here, like my accent was different. I had to change my accent, as you can see. Like I don't have the accent. I don't have the typical British accent, and I had to change all that because like people used to bully me, and and a lot of people used to ask me like dumb questions. Like people used to believe that I came from England, so they used to ask. Since you came from England, you're supposed to look white because everyone in England is white. When you go there, you have to be white. That's Bro, crazy. These guys expect you like to come from England and look like <laughs> fucking Justin Bieber. That's how wacky it is. Canadian though. Okay. Thank you. Um, I'm shit. just saying he's Canadian. <laughs> We'd have said like Ed Sheeran or something, bro. But I'm just saying. Anyway, uh huh. Yeah, but like you know, one thing that like I usually look at is, Sal. There's 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 a lack of maybe um, exposure or like education. Like Kumba, they're not they're not they're not taught Kumba being dark skin is okay. But at the same time, I feel like just as a human being, you kind of need to have that decency. Like, why would you treat someone that looks like you any different? Like, I'm just looking at it in a, in a way that if that was like your kid, like, would you yeah, want them to be treated differently just because they're a certain skin color? You feel, you feel what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's kind of weird, you know? I yeah, think it all goes down to like lack of self-love, you know? You can look at it like both ways and stuff. Yeah, I guess. I feel- but uh, I mean, I guess to a certain point. But like, it's not even like lack of self-love, bro. Because that's true. It's like, it's just like I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like this is what what they've been taught. You know, people, for example, here in like the zebra, when people watch movies, like the who the heroes are always like what white people, like the, 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 the movies, like, the majority of people here watch that's movies where it's like white people right so the good people in the movies the people who do all the big things they're all white that's true that's true that's true all right or fair skin right for example if you're looking at tanzania fine they at the end of the day we have if you look maybe like in our film industry fine a lot of people watch tanzanian movies and all that type of stuff but at the end of the day niggas go to the movies to watch all the western stuff and all the western stuff all the heroes all the good guys or whatever right yeah. So they cut and so this hey, well, how are you gonna look at yourself and say, yo, I'm like, how are you gonna like be in love with yourself when all you're seeing is like white people being perpetuated to be so much better? But then the day you're always gonna you're gonna be biased against your own people because they don't look like what you think a hero is supposed to look like or a good person is supposed to look like. I think. I think it's kind of stupid, you know. Very stupid. Bro, I think bro, the society that we live in, bro, I can go in on this topic, my guy. Like, bro, like, I feel like, yo, colonialism has such a big part. Like, it plays the biggest part in us not, like, seeing the beauty within ourselves, bro. Like, I don't know. I don't want to go too deep into it because it's, like, it's such a touchy topic. But, like, I'm going to just end it right there, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. But um, I just feel like we, we should definitely like, know better. And um, Mitari, you're right. I think um, education comes a long way because we need to 
we need to really teach self-love and we need to like teach um the future generations like to be okay with their skin because for someone like me who had to go through all that like i grew up hating my skin like bro i'm dark skin and like i hated being dark skin so much and to the point like when i was younger like i tried everything to try to be lighter i tried legit everything i tried like having different um kind of soaps or different kind of lotion and even this one thing that's kind of freaking embarrassing but um you know how like lotion like vaseline makes you like kind of glow bro i used to like mm. double up on the vaseline like i used to put so much vaseline i would go to school butter it up like a stripper i'm telling you <laughs> That would be, it's like <laughs> that's 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 you know the thing not is, funny you know the thing is people think it's jokes, funny but like, people think it's jokes but like i actually went through this shit i actually went through like all of this and with the name calling and yeah and like shit's crazy you know I, thing, you know i got comfortable being in my own skin when i turned 18 i'm 20 years old that was two years ago but from from i was like let's say from like four or five I've been so against like my skin and so uh I had so much hatred for like being black let alone being dark skin until like 18 years old because I didn't love myself. I recently just started loving myself. And what's worse is that what's worse is that like you know I didn't have like a like of course like My mother, my mother's a great companion. Like she was she's been amazing to me, but like she wasn't there to to tell me like oh um you should love the skin, you should love the skin that you that you have. But now nah, like when I used to go out and play out in the sun, like my mom would be like yo you're getting too black. Or someone out mm, that's a, isn't that that's a pretty common thing that people say though to their kids to like children especially like Get out of the sun you're getting darker yeah like dude okay you can go out of the sun right and can can get burnt like from the sun uh, the sun can give you cancer it can do a lot of damage to your skin but what's the first thing but what's the why do they have to mention you getting darker as the worst possible thing that can happen to you <laughs> So, it's like they honestly I just, <laughs> I just think for the future generations like we should teach them a lot of self love when it comes to uh black kids yeah for sure yeah. I mean personally true. like personally bro I've never experienced that like I've never wanted to be anything other than black like if anything if you could be You know, most like colorism and racism and all c- comes toward black people. Like I've always felt like total opposite. If anything, I project mine towards like you know, bro. I actually love being that like you, the black you are. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bro? I've never had that. Like I've never ever. Like I don't even. I don't know. And it's not like I was like raised like, oh no, you gotta love your skin or whatever. Nah, it's just. I don't know, man. I guess in my family, it was never like even a topic because it's like one of those things that you should know, right? Yeah. And especially like, for example, if you're raised in a, in like a family 
that's religious or has like um religious like background they all say come you know everybody is formed in and it came to mumbo in the image of god everybody here is yeah. like made in the image of god so you just don't look at yourself any less i don't know but then yeah that i guess was taught to me like even if it was subconsciously taught it was still taught to me not everybody yeah. grows up in that type of background or that type of situation yeah exactly so i guess you're right is that like you are you are taught differently you are taught to love yourself either way like you are taught to love yourself regardless of how you look and look at you like you definitely love yourself right oh yeah man. oh yeah so with someone like me who who, ha- who i haven't been taught like to love myself uh to love the way i look my skin and everything it, i had to kind of learn everything by myself you know and Well, a lot of people that like they struggle with that and you can get people like yeah. all the way into their 30s still not accepting themselves. Yeah. Bro, so okay. you see like a lot of people bro for example, like people would leave here and then that they would leave whatever African country they're from and then go to like it's a European or a western country whether it's the US or the Europe or whatever. And they get there and they completely change, but they change the way they speak, they change everything about them. Right? Because they want to fit in with the majority of people that they're with. Two right? months. Yeah, man. Like, uh, your guy been in the UK for two weeks and all of a sudden he's talking about in it and mate. And you're just like, <laughs> bro. In it. In it. <laughs> it always has me cracking. <laughs> like bro the other day I saw not the other day like I remember a couple of weeks ago I saw like some dude who was talking with a British accent and he's like yo I've never actually been to the UK I just googled it like I, you go on YouTube and I, uh. <laughs> I was like bro that's insane dude like how What? far are you gonna go and try and uh, like get lost in the sauce man that's crazy <laughs> yeah man Yeah. The thing um, is, this is this is how I see it, right? Colorism, colorism uh, exists more like um, it, it exists more predominantly in in like in black in the black community, right? So, like Africa in general is where the most like this is where black people are. So, in I'd say that like. In in Africa, especially, is where is where you are more likely as a black person to experience colorism because, like we talked about before, it's a thing. It's a it's a it's like it's perpetuated by the idea that dark skin is not attractive or you being dark skin is is like means that you're lesser than or whatever, and like whether that is brought about by colonialism or whatever it is it's the fact that it's the fact that us black people still need we like we still have ways to go to accept from by like you being dark skin doesn't mean that you're lesser than or that you you're not beautiful or whatever you see what i'm saying but i i honestly feel like it it yeah. a lot in in africa because that's the majority of black people are you know what i'm saying But now racism is a different yeah, thing because that yeah. racism is like between races. That's yeah. like a 
black person not liking whatever or like a white person uh, prejudice towards a black person or towards an Asian like that's what racism racism might exist a little bit more in places that are more diverse like like that have different races like if it's the UK or like America a little less in Africa because like we're mostly black people over here Word. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So we can move on to the second question, which is second question says, "What is the hardest thing that you've learned about love?" Did you can go first. Um, <clears throat> man, that's deep. <laughs> uh, the hardest thing I've learned about love, I guess. Um, love don't need. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> the hardest thing I've learned about love um, number one thing is that I can't change anyone no I used to you know I used to date like can't the people I was more attracted to their idea of being with them and the potential that I believe they can get and so like I never really liked anyone I really got into a relationship that um, that I genuinely liked a person until um, a year ago is when I actually got into a relationship with someone that I liked them for them Uh and there was a huge freaking difference the biggest difference that I saw from there was that I was actually happy. <laughs> as like yeah, as toxic as that sound, it. like yeah, like I was actually happy with this person. The other girls, I wasn't really happy. I was just out here, just like really trying to chase the potential that they can be. And with this person, I was actually happy, and I liked them for them. And I actually f- figured out that that love goes a, like a long way. All these other girls that uh, I dated and some of them I even told them I love them but I didn't even know what love was I just thought like yo I love her beauty so I must love her but until I got this this girl that's when I actually knew what love was and <laughs> ah you're not done god damn <laughs> Yeah, like. Hey. I think that's bro, you got me wanting to hit up my exes, bro. <laughs> Want me to apologize? Like, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, that's like the first. That's the like, the first thing that I learned is that like I really can't change anyone. And the yeah, second thing, yeah. The second thing is that um, well, it's similar to the first is that. Um, I have to reciprocate what I want you know I can't just be like I want a girl that's um, successful in life um, is there for me at my lowest um, makes me laugh blah 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 etc and I don't do the same back like 
the thing yes. is about relationships it goes two ways you have, you have to you have to put in work and the, and your partner has to put in work too in order for it to work and that's the second thing i learned and also to never like something similar to the first thing i said to never settle for potential you should always settle for for a person of the person they are in the present don't just date someone because you feel like they can be great date them because they're great So Adam, what's the hardest thing you've learned like about love? What's the hardest? Um personally, I think the hardest thing that I've learned is like before you can attempt to love somebody, you really need to love yourself. Otherwise, it's not going to work at all. Right? Cuz I feel like a lot of relationships don't work not because of facts. Like, as facts. Yeah, I feel like love relations don't work not because like people can't communicate or can't understand each other, but it's like if it's cuz they can't like you can't communicate with yourself, so you don't know how to communicate with the person that you're with, for example. Like for example, if like you okay, if you're in a relationship and partner or whatever does something right that you're not okay with like instead of like figuring okay instead of saying like yo I'm not okay with this why would you just rather say nah nothing is like it's cool yeah. for example right and then let things build up and in the yeah. end it, at the end of it you get to a point where you can't really do much about it like you can't fix it because it's just so much stuff piled up but if you know how to communicate with yourself and say come like yo I don't like this I should probably voice out my opinion right you don't know how to do it to your partner so yeah um things just go astray however like like I said you need to learn you need to know how to love yourself or or you need to know how to be with yourself before you can be with somebody else a lot of things like you got to be patient with yourself before you're patient with anybody else cuz you can you can like try and be patient with somebody or try and understand somebody when you don't try and understand yourself or be patient with yourself i think that's definitely the most important thing or the hardest thing that love has taught me for sure so me a lot of other things like yo man that channel too. So but I, that's not as important. <laughs> that's not as important. You guys think of the statement toxic masculinity does not exist in the year 2021. Cat what that That's that's a lie. Whoever whoever wrote that, that is a fraud. Yeah, my guy is definitely <laughs> that's a must exist. Bro, it's the second 
week of February, bro. There's no way of Masculinity has been taken <laughs> care of within a month and a half. Yo, man, you got niggas out here. Yeah. Toxic as fuck, yeah. man. But yo, I want to know yo, one man. thing. Uh-huh. Is simping, is like not being okay with simping a sign of toxic masculinity? Um, yeah, I think so. Bro, that's a sign of toxic masculinity and it's a sign that you're just a liar, bro. Bro, yeah, like, bro, you can't. Yo, that's it. I think you don't simp, bro. You can't lie. Every nigga simps, bro. Every. And if you think you, and if you're not simping, and you think your shorty's okay with simping, it's probably got, cause she got a nigga out there that's simping, and then she just comes to you to waste time. She goes back to a real nigga. <laughs> I swear. Yeah. She's probably out here like fucking a nigga called Brian on the side, and you don't even know. I mean, I'm be bro. You think you think your shorty's okay? It's okay with you not simping? Okay, cool, 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 cool. <laughs> Yo, yeah, man. Also, like yeah. niggas, niggas. I don't know about y'all, but niggas don't even like to be spooned, bro. What? Like to be spooned, you know, like when you're cuddling. No, I don't know. You, wait, but I feel like, like that could be a preference. I don't think that directly connects to. You. Yo, I don't know directly, like directly. Yo, I... <laughs> what? Really? You think that's a preference? What is that? Yeah. What? What? Are we talking about preference. spooning still? Yeah, we're talking about spooning. You don't like. That's it. definitely a preference. It feels weird. What do you mean it feels weird, man? I feel like that's a sign of toxic masculinity, bro. Me, I love being spooned, bro. No way, bro. Bro, you don't like to be held and stay there. Ah. Yo, so let me get this straight, guys. You guys do not like being spooned. I don't. I'm not a fan. My guy, I feel like that's a, that's a preference. Like I don't think it has any. It it's it doesn't correlate nah, to man. toxic masculinity. Toxic. Like, toxic. Toxic. Bro, how how is that toxic, bro? Uh-huh. Like literally, it's like it's like saying that's Quite literally. You know, the what's thing is that's like a position of sleeping. Huh? Nah, no, you niggas out here like trying to make me look weird, bro. Like, what's the reason? We're not trying to make you look no, weird. It's, it's, it's weird. Like, you might, you might, yeah, you might not just like the the position because like you're uncomfortable in that position. Like physically, you just don't feel comfortable. You much rather maybe sleep on the other side. Like for me, I don't like I like having a lot of space when I sleep. So like having like a girl like hold on to me like that is kind of weird. Like you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for me I, personally, so it has nothing to do with me not me being to- like like oh I'm not I'm not a man because now nah. so it's not because you know, like wanna, you guys like, feel a certain sleep. way just because someone is behind you huh? what yeah. nigga if I wanted that shit I'd probably I'd tell my shorty like yo dude like, I'm, and bro like that's good you know what I'm saying like this it has bro, nothing I'm to do bro. that would be like 
But that's the that would be shame, weird. Man. You, can, you can still be, you can still be spooned by a short, a, a girl that's short, short. That would feel so weird. That would feel so weird. It would feel like a backpack. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Adam. <laughs> I'm telling you, bro. I don't know. Alright, uh, uh, you did not just. Alright, I'm gonna <laughs> just sweep this under the rug. Okay. Um, what about? Okay, is this? What about this trait? Um, guys who like to be like to get head, but they don't like to give it. Yeah, that's fucked up. No cap. If them niggas exist, ah, uh, bro, I don't understand. You need, you need to be forced. <laughs> you can't, bro. Really? Uh, but okay. Yeah, man. Man, nigga, I'm I'm out here eating pussy with my feet up, bro. <laughs> oh, damn, nigga, just reset that. That's crazy, bro. You have to. Like... <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Whoa, bro, eating coochies up on my arch, my nigga. Yo. You have to be comfortable as fuck. Bro. By the time for by the time we're done with this podcast, like at least our first like season, bro. Yeah. If you don't have a girlfriend, ah, uh, bro, I mean I can be able to cap on Boka and make it, bro. Like I'll run. Because <laughs> you you literally every episode you're just laying it down, and that's the that's the coolest thing, bro. I'm trying to indirectly <laughs> tell these girls that I lay pipe, bro. <laughs> Bro, I wish. It's all banter. It's just a little jokey jokes. What about letting a girl take you out? Not letting a girl take you out. I don't know how that feels, so I can't really comment on the matter. Would you? Like, would you let a girl would I? take you out? Yeah. Um. Actually, I don't know. Bro, like, what about your birthday? Like, I feel like that's automatic. If she feels like she wants to take you out on your birthday, I feel like that's okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with that. No, just like, she just want to take you out. Even like, on, on occasion. Day, like, like on a random day. So you're basically saying that it's only okay if it's due to uh, a celebration. No, no, no. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying like, I'm saying like, it's okay for her to want to take you out. Like, what I'm saying is, what I'm saying is, like it's if she if she wanted to i feel like that's i feel like that's also something that should be present in a, in like a relationship like t- like taking your partner out should go both ways and it's not just the man that like says but like yo let's like you know what i'm saying like yeah it should be mutual like it should go both ways for sure yeah of course yeah, i don't see myself having a problem yo i want to ask y'all something how do you guys feel about like um paying on the first date like do you feel like a guy is obligated to doing that or do you feel like a girl should also like uh take take responsibility nah nigga you ain't messing with no broke nigga what you talking about I'm, nah i'm kidding i'm kidding, I'm kidding. Like that. on the first date ah like, bro i mean you i think niggas gotta pay bro. i think um let's say if you if you asked out the girl right then I feel like you are, you're the one that's supposed to um, pick her up, supposed to take her there, um, get her the meal she wants and pay for it. But if it's the other way around, like she asks you out, like you weren't even like looking for it, looking at her and like she just came up in your DMs and be like, hey, I'm going to take you out. 
that's different because she initiated so she should pay you're saying she should pay if she asks you out man if I got like hits me up in the DM be like yo I want to take you out for a treat like okay what does that mean like is does the treat her or is it treat the food does that happen to you wow ooh <laughs> What so does that like, happen to you? The shorties hit you up in your DM and take you out? Like, like approached by a girl and they've offered to pay for like the first date. Have you guys ever been to that? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> man, oh, I have like, honestly, like my last... I'll say my last two dates, I got like two different girls took me out. Yo, man, Brady's just out here finessing these streets. <laughs> man, it's not even <laughs> I'm just gonna see what does the other side look like. That's what's up. Do it for the niggas, bro. Yeah, man, but that is totally fine. Honestly, like for me personally, like I, I won't mind it. But like, if I asked that a girl, if I initiated everything, like I'm trying to go for this girl, I really like her, or I'm dating this girl and it's our first date, like I'm definitely gonna be paying for everything. I'm gonna pick her up. I'm gonna yeah, man. You gotta hit her with that life flex, nigga. It's the flick of the yeah. wrist, shorty. Yeah, man. I'm gonna pick her up. I'm gonna take her to something somewhere fancy. When yeah. dying, you know what I mean. So follow-up question, what do you guys think is the root cause of toxic masculinity? Like, what do you guys think drives it? Or where does it come from? Uh, for myself, personally, like, um, like I wasn't, I wasn't able to um, express how I feel or let emotions uh, be expressed because of things that happened to me when I was younger. And... I came from actually like uh, my sister. She put that shit on me. And what happened was, is that when I got, when I came back to Tanzania from England, I was like 13, 14. And it was a new country. I didn't know the language. And there were like, it's like I told you before, like I used to get bullied a lot. And it really fucked me up. I used to have like sleepless yeah. nights of just crying, honestly. And there was no, there was no one I can tell to because I didn't have any friends at that time. Like when I first came back, I didn't have any friends until like the end of the year. But so when I was crying every single night, the person yeah. that um, I thought I could talk to was my sister. Um, she's like five years older than me. And then this one night, like, I went to her room. I told her, like, hey, I want to talk to you about something that's, like, hurting me deep down. And I told her, like, everything that's going on with me in school and how, like, I'm finding it so hard to adapt to the new environment. And I was, I told her, like, I spoke for so long and I was crying while I was talking. And then after I finished talking, she replied to me, oh, you're talking to me. Do you see how fucked up that is? And imagine this. 
I'm in her room. It's just her and I. Damn, man. And she has the audacity to reply to me, sh- some shit like that. So that kind of fucked me up. And like from then on, I was like, yo, I'm not going to tell anyone anything about me. And I just used to keep just a straight face. Um, especially when it came to like women, like when girls like try to get to know me and stuff, like I, I used to like never like let them inside completely. Man, I dated a girl for like two years and she didn't know nothing about me, which is fucking like mind blowing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's like, crazy. Like two is a long time. Yeah, like and I just got like better like three years ago. And you know, I started letting people in and now thank God like I've recovered from that trauma and I know I'm an open book. Like if anyone asks me about anything, I tell them truthfully about myself. But it definitely what I'm what I'm trying to say definitely does come come from when you're younger. Adam, what what what's your take on it? Um, I think everybody has um like afraid to talk about himself, but I feel like generally everybody has their own roots, right? Because some people grow up in households where like toxic masculinity is extremely like visual, like you can see it, right? So it's like spread onto you pretty yeah. much through like it's like hereditary, like you need. Obviously, you're responsible for your own actions, but some things, if you're taught from like a young age, yeah, I mean, there's not much you can, I mean, up until you realize, or you get to an age where you realize, okay, this is not a, like, this is a problem where you need to like, take responsibility yeah. for it and try and fix it. There's not much you can do, because that's how you were raised. And for some people, it's just, it's society, I guess, right? Because there's some things like, you know, like, if we describe what the toxic, toxic masculinity is, it's pretty much, um, like you were saying, the things that if like feel wrong to do if you're a guy. You know what I'm saying? Or the, the things you feel like you must do because you're a guy. Like, all those things are based on society, I guess. Because I personally, for example, I grew up in a, um, in a home where um, you can't any, you like, I had people to talk to. Like, I had my family. Like, you know, my aunt, uncle, yeah. my It's like, they were there. Like, I could talk to anybody. But I was still a person that would not just go out and talk. Like, I had people to talk to. Or I have people to talk to. To this day, I have, like, friends. Obviously, as you grow older, you sort of confide in your friends more. I have friends and all that. But for me to talk, it's not yeah, that easy. You know what I'm saying? So I think for everybody, it's like what is different strokes for different folks, I guess. So yeah, I think one of some of the reasons. Yeah, definitely. With pride, um, society, it's different shit, I guess. But I guess as long as you the same work, way, like. Yeah, I, the most important thing is to like work on it, no matter what. Keep, yeah. Like, even if it's like a little bit at a time. As long as it's progress, little steps, big differences. We're heading to the last question, which is, how did you guys become friends? I saved his life. How did you guys become friends? I saved this nigga's life. <laughs> right, I'm going to tell it uh, from my point of view. Uh, Yo, there's no point. 
Bro, I saved your life. All right, let me just tell this guy the story, okay? Bro. Yo, dude, this nigga was getting mugged by like 10, 10, 15 niggas, bro. I pulled up with the sauce, bro. I pulled up and I was like, yo, man, that's my dog, bro. Started shooting up the place, bro. They were all gone. I saved this nigga's life, bro. Wait, <laughs> man. Nah, nah, that's why. <laughs> yo, man. Let me tell these niggas like the real fucking story of what how it happened. Like, this nigga did save my life, I'll be honest. But let me just say, let me just say. And um a couple of people have already heard the story and it's a pretty wild story. And a lot of people think it's so fucked up. However, to me, it was the start of a beautiful relationship. And what happened was I was like 13. Oh. I was like 13, 14. So I just came back from Tanzania and I've been there. I was there for like a year. And there was this girl that I really liked. But um, she was taken. She was with some other guy who was 17. This guy was like six foot plus. Mind you, by that time, I hadn't hit puberty really. And I mean, I did, but not like that. I was still like 4'11". I was like short and I was chubby. <laughs> and then... I I still tried to pursue this girl, like, no matter what, because, like, she was so beautiful, and, like, I just wanted to be with her. Like, I really did. And then I made out with her while she was still taken by this guy. Let's call, let's call this guy Paul, okay? We're not going to mention his real name. So, Bro, I'm, Pitara, do you see this? what kind of nigga this guy is? <laughs> this nigga is going to go out here and make out with your... Sh- hey, hey, Farid. <laughs> So, so anyways, I, I hooked up with this girl, right? And then I told her not to tell anyone about it. And then after hooking up, she went and told the whole fucking world. But I didn't know that yet. I just I just thought, like, no one knew. So uh, when school was over, I went to the buses, but I forgot my bag. So I went back to class um, to get my bag. And then right afterwards, I went to the bathroom because... I just needed to go to the bathroom at the time. And then I came out the cubicles, went to wash my hands. While I was washing my hands, Paul entered inside the bathroom <laughs> with <laughs> two other guys. And then Paul was like, Paul, I could see from his face that Paul was pissed the fuck off. And this nigga looked at me straight in the he looked at me straight in the eyes. He was like, he was like, where? <laughs> Are you Diddy? Man, I was like, bro, I knew if I told him yes, I would get my ass whooped. So I was like, Diddy, who's that? I'm Farid. And then he was like, yes, you are Diddy. So you took my girlfriend, huh? Well, you're going to be my new girlfriend. (laughs) Bro, do you have any idea the fear that I had when that nigga said that? Yo, I was scared (laughs) shitless. Yo, and then, I'm dying, bro. Bro, this oh guy, <laughs> yo, it's, yo, this guy unbuckled his pants and then he told the two guys to hold me. And listen, this, like, I'm four eleven. This nigga six foot, and he's seventeen. Uh, I'm thirty, bro. The only thing I could I could do was use my voice. So I screamed, <laughs> bro. I screamed from the top of my lungs, bro. I was just, I was screaming. I was like, help, help, help. And then when this nigga got close to me. 
Adam just completely just opened the fucking door. He was like, he saw what's going on. Was like, what the fuck was going on? And then he pushed like everyone out the way. He pushed everyone out the way. And then, oh man, I ran out of the fucking bathroom like the fucking flash. Or... And then, and then Adam yo. came to console me like outside. He was like, yo, I'm sorry that happened to you. Just stick with me for at least a week and I guess they'll leave you alone. And that's what I did. Well, I was just hanging out with him for protection at first, but I didn't care about it. But then after a while, I figured that Adam and I are kind of alike. And then from then on, we just we became buddies. And now we're brothers. That's crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> Bro, they was about to, yo, dude, dude, they was about to make him their missus, dog. I swear <laughs> to God. Yo, let me tell you what really happened, bro. You think he's right? Your boy yeah. Reed over here thinks he's slick, dog. Bro, before he went for this shorty that he was so in love with, we all knew that this shorty was dating this nigga, this six foot. Nigga, <laughs> bro, even I wasn't six foot at the time, but I was supposed to look at this dude like, yo, this nigga big, no cap. So I don't really want problems, <laughs> right? Because the shorty was fine. She was like extremely beautiful. She was super cool. But like you'd look at her and then you'd look at him, you'd weigh the options and then you'd be like, nah, man, I'm good. I don't want that smoke. Okay. Yo, he thought he was, he thought he could do it. This guy, bro. And mind you, he asked before. He's like, yo, bro, you think I should do it? Said, no, don't do it. This nigga went, comes back to you later. He's like, yo, bro, yeah. man, that girl hooked up. Said, oh, my God. First of all, you didn't need to tell me because now I can't deny it. Like, I heard it. You know what I'm saying? Could have been <laughs> like, I could have just said, I don't know. Calm. <laughs> bro, throughout, throughout the day. And then he came, wait, after he told me he hooked up, he told me like, yo, but I told him not to tell nobody. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I guess you'll be fine, bro. Like, whatever. Bro, like you said, <laughs> like, end of the day, home time. I remember being downstairs, right? And one of our other classmates came up to me and was like, yo, did you hear about Farid, Farid and uh, that shorty? And then I was like, first of all, how do you, like, how did you find out? It's like, yo, everybody knows. So, so it's like, yeah, everybody knows. Even Paul knows he's on his way up there. I guess he's like, if I read this upstairs, right? Like, yeah, I think he went to go get his bag. He's like, yeah, um, Paul is on his way up there to kick his ass. I said, yo, man, Farid is like yo. four foot nothing. This dude is huge. I said, no, if there's one thing I'm going to do in my lifetime, like if it's one good deed, it's going to be this one. I'm going to go and save that nigga. <laughs> Bro, I ran. Yeah. I remember running four flights of stairs, bro. I ran up them stairs. I was like, yo, this guy. I hope by the time I get there, it's not over. Because as <laughs> I was running up, as much as I was like, yo, man, I hope he doesn't get his ass whooped. At the same time, I was like, yo, if he's got his ass whooped, that shit's funny. <laughs> it was no way. I ran up. I ran into that bathroom. And then... Honestly, what I found was not what I expected to find, bro. I didn't expect <laughs> to find 
this dude like with his pants unbuckled <laughs> for it being held down but you know god just i don't know god said yo this is what you got to see today right and <laughs> yeah man i walked in i was like dude first of all cuz that guy was my homie as well so i was like dude really like, what were you really about to do to this guy right now so now you in here like okay cool so you're about to do some weird shit to this dude and then go back to your girl like that doesn't make any sense bro like now you're going to like what did you do to him <laughs> i don't understand but yeah like for you that's where our friendship started saved his life dang man when you're being annoying and Freddy is being annoying i really sometimes wonder like damn bro what if i never like i should have just stayed down like downstairs <laughs> I would have been, been the middle of a sandwich, bro. Fuck that. That's <laughs> That's actually crazy. <laughs> so guys, we reached the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. I've been Eddie the Great. I've been Adam. I've been Itari, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Stay tuned to our next episode. Until then, bye bye.